Hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, man, it's been a while since our last visit, last discussion. Uh, man, I'm just telling you, life is busy and uh, just all kinds of things going on. That's just the way life gets, you know. Uh, life is full of distractions. There's so many different things uh, that compete for our attention. And sometimes it's impossible to balance and be effective in everything. And so you kind of have to pick and choose on what you're going to focus on and some of those things. Uh, sometimes it feels like you're just being blown all over the place uh, in a proverbial lifestyle tornado of sorts. Um, in December of 2021, I was a uh, pastor in the church. We, we had actually just changed our name there at the church and adopted uh, a multi-year, multi-phase facility renovation plan. Uh, so, man, everything was booming, right? People were excited. The church had grown from uh, about 25 people um, to a congregation of a little over 200 or right at 200 uh, active members in two years. So things were happening. Everything was on track. And, man, just it was an exciting time. And in December of 2021, uh, the weather had been calling for severe storms for days. And it was obvious that they expected things to get kind of bumpy. So we settled in. I had went to Walmart and had got some uh, LED lights and actually got some chocolate chip cookies because I thought we'd come back and we'd make chocolate chip cookies with the kids and we'd have our battery operated lights in case the power went out. So we settled in with the kids for a long night uh, and we were ready. We, we had our chocolate chip cookies and we had our, our LED lights. Uh, and uh, there was a massive tornado that developed uh, right outside of Jonesboro, Arkansas, and started moving our general direction. And so it intensified all through Arkansas and into southwest Tennessee. And it just so happens that when I had went to Walmart earlier that day, I had ran into a family member that lived about a mile and a half down the road from us that had said, hey, you know, if it gets really bad, like they're calling for, uh, you are free to come down to our house and sit in our basement. And so right as that tornado got to the Tennessee-Kentucky border, uh, I talked to my wife and we decided to go down the road to the family member's house just to be safe. So we got there, we hid out in the basement, again, just about a mile and a half from our house, and just after 9 o'clock p.m., we heard the world turn upside down as this massive F4, F5 tornado passed by. Right after it had passed, and the weather was still bad, there was still storms everywhere, there were still some additional tornado watches and warnings that came through after that. But not too long after it passed, we heard uh, reports that a, a local factory had collapsed and there were multiple people trapped inside. And we knew that it had been bad, that it was bad, uh, that multiple people had lost their lives and multiple homes were destroyed and businesses. Well, we just didn't really know how bad just yet. So uh, we waited for the remaining storms to pass and then uh, made the drive back to the church and to our house which was next door to the church. What took about five minutes to drive earlier that day took almost 30 minutes to drive back as we maneuvered through fallen trees and across power lines that were downed and over every manner of debris that you can imagine. And when we got back to the church, it was in complete shambles. We couldn't even park in the, in the church parking lot. We had to park at a restaurant next door and we walked up into the parking lot and 
pure destruction, total shambles. The roof over our children's ministry building was completely gone. There were multiple walls flat on the ground. Roof caved in over 90% of the building. And I remember we pulled up and we got out and we walked into the parking lot and my wife, just the emotion hit her. You see, my wife had spent nearly all of her life at this church. Her dad was the pastor initially and then we were the pastors. And so the emotional toll that it took on her seeing that place in complete shambles and my wife collapsed in the parking lot pure destruction everywhere the house next door that we lived in it was still standing but we couldn't come home because gas leaks and plumbing issues and my wife and i and our kids we wound up living in a 40-foot camper for the next three to four months the destruction was incredible. Close to 75% of our little town had suffered uh, significant damage and close to probably 40% of the town was completely irreparable. And debris, trash, it was everywhere. Trash from places we didn't know existed uh, just littered the yards everywhere. Homes in shambles, families displaced, and multiple lives that were lost. I have never seen destruction at that level in my life. And you know, I could go on and on about the aftermath of the tornado, but I don't want to focus on that today. I'm sure those things will come up as we move forward over the next few weeks. But today, I just want to talk about kind of personal tornadoes, if you will. You see, we draw a lot of comparisons in our life to tornadoes. Maybe it's the volatile uncertainty that they physically bring that resonates somehow with our own internal turmoil, if you will. One of my favorites from my mom and one that I've used many times, multiple times uh, in referencing the house is, you know, this house is filthy. It looks like a tornado went through here. You know, walking, my mom would come into my room, and that, that when I was a kid, teenager growing up, that's inevitably, that's what she would say. Your room is filthy. It looks like a tornado went through here. And she said that because it, it genuinely did. <laughs> Not going to lie. Now, Amanda is kind of the clean freak of the house. If there's even a chance that the mailman is going to look through the window, the house has to be spotless. So when we go on a trip, we go on vacation, we go anywhere. We go anywhere for more than a day or two. And we have to do a deep clean of the house before that trip. And I asked her one time, I said, why, why do we, I mean, nobody's going to be over. Why do we have to do all this work? And she says, well, because it's nice to come home to a clean house, which it is. It is very nice to come home to a clean house and not have to do anything when you get home. But she also added another reason. And she says, well, also, if something happens to us while we're traveling and people have to come to our house to go through our stuff, I want it to be clean for them. So very, very thoughtful, right? So if we die, our house is going to be clean, okay? Just making sure you know that. Uh, but clean means clean, right? In her world, and in general, clean means clean. Not reordered or hidden, but clean. We joke about having, you know, we, we have our close friends, and then we also have our, in quotation marks here, we also have our dirty friends. 
Dirty friends are the ones that we are so close to that we will allow them to see the house not clean. <laughs> so if you ever see my house dirty inside my house, if you ever come to my house and you see my house dirty, you have just made the dirty friends list. So consider yourself privileged because you've seen my house not clean. Yeah, and I was, I was thinking through this and, and putting everything together uh, for the, this episode, and I, I thought, man, can you imagine if people could see our inner house, you know, inside of us? Do we have the same intent and desire of making sure the internal house is in order? Because rest assured, it is being seen, and not just the parts we want seen, People see through you. They see into you. No matter what persona you put on for them to see and what uh, personality you choose to allow people to, to meet or visualize or interact with, people will eventually see inside you. It is being seen and not just the parts we want seeing. You see, the trouble with straightening up, uh, quotation marks again, the trouble with straightening up, which is what Amanda says that I do, uh, is that nothing is really cleaned. It's just move. It's not actually cleaned. It's just move from one location to another. So the part of the house that people see is clean, but if you look in the closets or under the rug, the same old dirt is still there. You see, when we started cleaning up after the tornado, we didn't just move the debris and trash from one place to another. We moved it to one pile, and then it got removed. It got taken off, hauled off, taken away, never to be seen on that property again. We cleaned our property because we were not going to rebuild on or with the same old trash and debris. So I have a question for you. What does your life look like? Are you straightening up all the time inside? And you're just moving the things that you don't want people to see, the things inside of you, the hidden things. Maybe it's your temper. Maybe it's vices that, that, that you don't want people to see. Maybe it's your discontent. Uh, jealousy, all of these things, are you just moving them to a deeper place inside you so that nobody sees them, but they're still there? You're just taking trash and taking debris and dirt, and you're just moving it deeper, but you're never actually getting rid of it. You're never removing it. Are you content with just making sure that your inner house is straightened up but never really clean? Yeah, Jesus talked to the Pharisees and the religious establishment in Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 and 28. And he says, you're like whitewashed tombs. You're beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. And so many times, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, that you've necessarily committed any egregious acts towards other people. But you have so many things inside that are dead, that are dying, that serve no purpose anymore, and yet we hang on to them, right? We're like pack rats. We're like spiritual, emotional pack rats. You know, I have all of these cords and cables and stuff. And again, you know, I am my, my father's son, right? So I have all of these different things, and I look at this cord and I think, man, I'm not going to use that in 20 years. But... I'm going to hang on to it just in case. 
What is that going to do? I haven't used it in 40 years. Why, why do I think I'm going to use it in 20? But we hang on to all of these useless things that do nothing for us. We hang on to hurt and anger and resentment and brokenness over and over and over. Things that are dead and are, they don't bring life. They only reflect death. And yet we hang on to them. We pretty up the outside of our world, but inside we're just straightening up. When Samuel went to anoint David as king, he didn't know who he was going to get. And the first brother came in, and he was big, and he was tall, and he was everything that Samuel thought he thought should be king. And God said, don't look at what he looks like. Uh, don't look at his stature, physical appearance. Because man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. You see, there's no internal closet that you can take the things that you hold on to and that you can hide them from God. And just as I may be speaking to you, somebody out there, I speak to myself just as much. It doesn't matter how much we clean our living room or our dining room. If the trash is never removed, then we never cleaned. Deep inside you, Storms will come and storms will go. But I'm going to tell you something. The best defense against having to clean up trash and debris after a tornado that shakes you to your core inside, the best defense against cleaning up after that destruction is to look to the one that commands the storms both physically and metaphorically. Do as disciples did in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41, when they got in the boat to go across to the other side and the storm came and they thought they were going to die. Their lives were fixing to end. Talk about destruction. And they woke Jesus and they said he, he was asleep in the boat and they said, wake up, don't you care if we drown? And it says that Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and he said, peace, be still. I'm going to say if he's in the boat with you, if he is with you and you look to him in the midst of the internal storms in your life, there will be peace in the middle of the storm. You see, for me, the physical destruction of the tornado was absolutely nothing compared to the emotional destruction inside that we'll talk about next week. And why was it this emotional destruction? Because I never looked at Jesus and said, help me. I never gave Jesus the chance. I never gave God the chance to say, peace, be still. So I want to challenge you today and encourage you to look to your house. Clean it. Don't straighten it. Those things that you've been shoving in the back burner and, and not dealing with and just hiding so that nobody sees, but never letting go of. Man, Psalm 103 says that, that he casts our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. He's not hanging on to them. We are. Look to your house. Clean it. Don't straighten it. Pull out the trash and debris that you've been hanging on to that is just death that is just destruction from time periods and events in your life that have not brought life. And realize that there's nothing to build on or with. 
You can't build on hurt. You can't build with hurt. You can't build on anger or with anger. So pull those things out and get rid of them. Clean out your house. Let what people see be clean. Let it be you and let it be real. Be real.